الحمد لله وكفاه وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولا على الذين إذا ما أتوك لتحملهم قلت لا أجد ما أحملكم عليه تولوا وأعينهم تفيض من الدمع حزنا ألا يجد ما ينفقون سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم In this world we're often judging actions based off of their outcome and so for instance if someone were to complete some major feat in the world we look at what the outcome is and we decide that this person gets a gold medal because of this outcome or this person gets this award or this Nobel Prize because what they produced or this person receives this acceptance um, you can say has to give this acceptance speech because of something they produced uh, and what we don't do is we don't look at the intention or the motivation behind that, right? So someone could, for instance, save an entire country from genocide, and we'll look at the outcome of that, but we won't actually see what the motivation was behind them saving that country from genocide or a group of people from oppression. Someone can win the Nobel Prize because of some major contribution to science, and we'll look at what that contribution was and what they produced, we won't actually look at what it was that was driving them deep down within their hearts. And rightfully so, because we as humans don't have the ability to necessarily judge what drives a person towards something. We can make assumptions, and sometimes that's not healthy, but we certainly can't come to any definitive conclusion on that. Right? Um, and the other reason we don't do it is because in this world we judge actions based off of their outcomes not based off of their intentions when it comes to our production in deen and in those things that we do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the story is completely different or the setup is completely different you can come across someone who prays five salahs in the masjid on a daily basis and at the end of the week tally up that they performed 35 salahs in congregation and the yield or the end net value of that could be zero and you could take someone who prays one salah in the masjid that entire week and the net value of that could be the equivalent of a hundred years of salah the simple I mean the action doesn't determine what the acceptance is the action doesn't determine what the end outcome is going to be. What decides that is the intention of the person who's producing that action. And it's really important to understand this. That in deen in general, our niyyah, our intention, our desire, and our motivation toward actions is more important than the action itself. It's more important than the action itself. Because actions can potentially, good, good deeds, at least apparently, can potentially lead us down a slippery slope. 
It's a very interesting story just to highlight the importance of a person's internal desire for good that come from the seerah. So we know at the time of the, near the death, in the final years of the Prophet ﷺ, around the ninth year of Hijri, uh, there was an expedition to the north, with what, which was the expedition known as the journey to Tabuk. Sometimes it's called the Battle of Tabuk. And essentially the situation was such, was that to the north, at, at that point of the Islamic, um, of the Islamic uh, Empire, at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, were the Romans, and there was a potential threat from the north. And in order to sort of defend against that threat, or at least have a show of, of um, strength, you can say, the Prophet ﷺ, uh, of course through the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, decided to take a group of his companions and show strength to the north. There was not really even an intention to fight or battle. This was a very, very important um, expedition in history. Because this was now the Muslims defending themselves against the largest, you can say, empire of the time. And some narrations mention, I mean, on the Muslim side, there, was only, there were about 30,000 people that had been prepared to go to the north and defend. And on the Roman side, some narrations mention 100,000, some 300,000. But the hukum had come that every single able person now had to make this journey up north with the Prophet Now, what happened was that of course, in order to have any sort of expedition, whether it's a military expedition or any expedition, it requires resources, it requires finances, it requires support. You may have heard the story where Abu Bakr anhu had given all of his wealth, or had left nothing behind, you can say. And Umar anhu wanted to outdo Abu Bakr on that day, and then he was only able to give a certain amount, and he realized that Abu Bakr had outdone him. This is, this is when the Prophet was collecting funds for, for the journey of Tabuk. This is the same circumstance. So, they were scarce at the time, and they needed essentially food, equipment, support, animals in order to make this journey up north. So it's expensive. And because those resources weren't available, only a certain number of the Sahaba were able to go, and some had to be left behind. Some had to be left, especially those that were not able to equip themselves. They weren't able to provide themselves with an animal or food or drink or clothing in order to support this expedition. They had to stay behind. And there's many narrations of Sahaba who were very disappointed in not being able to accompany this expedition. Because this was, I mean, think about it, right? To be able to be a part of an expedition to defend a nation, that's a very noble cause. I mean, it's, in this country, if there's a threat from the outside, and I mean, it's considered very honorable and noble to defend that threat. Uh, either myself or I support someone who's, who's going, right? This is, this is considered a very noble cause. So there were many Sahaba that were very upset about it, and they went to the Prophet and said, is there any way that you could fund us? The Prophet collected all these funds for this. Is there any way that we could be funded? And, you know, a few, a few were able to be funded. They were able to get funds from certain sources, and a few were left behind. One Sahabi, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he came and asked to be funded so that he could now join this expedition and be a part of this. And uh, the Prophet had to turn him back because there was nothing available and said, you won't be able to come. And he saw this as, a, as a, a very noble endeavor. So that night, the night before the journey had left, um, that Sahabi was by himself at home and he made a very deep dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Very powerful dua. And said, essentially, I'm summarizing or paraphrasing, that, oh Allah, had you, uh, I don't have the wealth, I don't have the means, I don't have the ability to go. But, and and you, you had not given me, you had not blessed me with this. He's just being real. 
Had I had any of these things, most certainly I would have accompanied the expedition toward Tabuk. I most certainly I would have been by the side of the Prophet. And then he says, Oh Allah, had I been given enough wealth, I would have supported the entire 30,000 Sahaba that were going with the Prophet to Tabuk. Meaning, I would have supported the entire expedition. Now, this is a conversation privately between him and Allah. He's not making this conversation or this dua and then posting it on social media and letting the world know this is what I told my Lord. This was a private conversation with him and Allah. He didn't even tell the Prophet that he made this dua. Private, middle of the night conversation with him and Allah, his desire to show Allah, I really, really want to go. And I want to go so badly that if you had given me the wealth, not only would I go, I would support and fund the entire expedition. The following morning, after the Fajr prayer, the Prophet وسلم, he uh, stood up, as was his habit, and he looked at the Sahaba in Masjid Nabawi, and he said, uh, Who is the, um, the one who gives, like financially, uh, from last night? Who is that person? So the Sahaba are looking around, and nobody stands up. So the Prophet ﷺ asks again uh, the same thing. He says, Where is this person that gave so much or that gives so much? Stand up. So then this Sahabi, he stands up. And he says, Ya Rasulullah, um, or, uh, it, it was me. He said, and I, would, I didn't want to stand up and, and make myself known, but because you're asking, you must have a reason for why you're asking this. So I've stood up and asked. And the Prophet ﷺ says, By Allah, This is the way the Prophet would make statements. He would swear by the one in whose hand was his soul. He said that verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has heard your call and he's written it in your book of deeds. Meaning, the Prophet ﷺ is now acknowledging in front of all of the companions that that deep intention that you had that night before, where you said that you wanted to equip yourself and 30,000 sahaba you would have supported this you have now been given the full reward as if you had supported those 30,000 sahaba think about it i mean it's a very no i mean there's 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 an incredible blessing associated with this an incredible reward associated with this sort of a thing and now he didn't get the that this is someone who didn't have for let alone the ability to support you know 5 or 10 he couldn't even support himself from going so what did he do? He had within his heart a deep desire, a, a, a level of sincerity that's beyond what any of us could imagine. You know? And he, he was very open with Allah. and said, oh Allah, I wish I could go. I, I wish I could go so badly that I myself would take care of the entire army if, if that's what was necessary. And Allah Ta'ala heard it. He appreciated it. He had it written in his book of deeds. And then he had the Prophet ﷺ communicate that to all of the Sahaba. So now it's official. And now we're talking about this, what, 1,400 years later, right? It just goes to show us the value of sincerity when a person communicates with their Lord. It makes, you know, mountains out of, you know, uh, uh, coins of gold. That's the, uh, that's the status. So, it, you know, it, it's important for us to appreciate this. You know, we often think about, we, we know, we know the value of if my intention is incorrect, then my reward is null. Right? But we, we sometimes don't think about what if I have a really sincere intention behind what I'm trying to do? 
whether it be the prayer I'm performing, the wealth I want to give, the masjid I'm trying to build, the charity that I, I contribute, the, um, the support I provide my family, the service I'm providing in the community. If I had, I mean, sometimes we focus on the action and say, how can I do more? How can I perform more prayer? How can I give more wealth? How can I uh, uh, build more? How can I do more? How can I serve more? Quantity, 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 which is, which is fine. It's good. But we should perhaps you know, look within and say, well, maybe I can add a multiplier that would be far more than anything that I would be able to add on my own with actions. That multiplier is the niyyah. I could go from one salah and I, I can, if, if I perform 10 additional salah, that still equates to 11 salahs. Or I can take that one salah and approach it with sincerity and purity and desire and motivation and I can make that 1,000 salahs. Right? I can you know, give $100 and say, I, I, you know, uh, I, can, I can say I can bring that to 1000 by adding $900 to that value. Or I can take that $100 that I'm going to give and I can, pr- and I can, I can give it with sincerity and uh, with, mo- with, with, a, with a pure intention, right? Desiring the highest of rewards from Allah and now that becomes equivalent to millions or, or, or more, or more, only Allah knows. So it's important for us to have not only reflect upon our intentions, but also to have lofty goals for ourselves, right? You know, this, this comes up in so many different scenarios. Um, we are limited in what we're able to do. We're human beings. I only live here for 70 years or 60 years, or in some cases 20 or 30 years. I have responsibilities. I have uh, restrictions. I have weaknesses. Sometimes I have disabilities that prevent me from doing those things that I've seen the Sahaba do, or that prevent me from seeing those things that I've seen other people in the community be able to accomplish. Yes, and I look for them for inspiration, and I try to do more, but ultimately I am who I am, right? I have my limitations, and I have to sometimes come to terms with that. So then what I need to do is focus in on what is it that I'm doing and how do I solidify the intention that's, driving, that's, that's being driven behind that. So for instance, if someone's collecting money for the masjid and I only have the ability to give a small amount, then I should be pure in my intention that, oh Allah, if you gave me more, most certainly I would give. Most certainly I would fund the entire masjid if you made me a millionaire or a billionaire. I would give all of it and I would support this project. And what's the effect of it? Two possibilities. One is Allah actually gives it to you, the wealth, and now you spend it and then you earn the reward. Or the more likely possibility is Allah sees the sincerity behind those words that you communicated with him verbally or through the heart and says, you know what? You get that full reward. You get that full reward. You know, sometimes, it's funny because sometimes I, I used to interact with someone who would say that whenever they were driving, they would look at an empty plot of land and they would have this intention that, oh Allah, you know, if I was able to, I would build a masjid here. And when I was before, I used to kind of laugh at that. Uh, be like, you know, like, that's just, like, you're just going to build a masjid in every single corner and expect you're going to get the reward of every single masjid, you know, 10 masjids every square mile. Like, that doesn't seem very fair here. I mean, you're not, you're not even, you're not putting any money down, you know, put your money, you know, or, but, 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 but the reality is that's a possibility. I mean, if someone purely in their heart has this niyyah that, oh Allah, if you gave me the means and if I had this, I would absolutely do it, then there is no limit to the reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can associate with it. Right? So it's re- now, I don't like to focus too much on intentions because sometimes we get very caught up in it. What's my niyyah? Maybe I shouldn't do this because my intention isn't correct. The focus is not to stop the actions that we're already doing. The focus is to rectify the intentions behind the actions that we're already doing. And any additional opportunity that comes toward us that we, we, that we approach it with sincerity. And sincerity is not something that I can just develop. Sincerity comes from the heart. 
Sincerity comes from the heart. The deeper my connection is with Allah, automatically the driver behind the actions that I perform are going to be sincere. It's not the opposite. The deeper my connection is with Allah in my heart, naturally the driving force behind any action that I perform, whether it's sadaqah or prayer or worship or service or, or, um, uh, or any other principle of deen, it's automatically going to be re- driven by sincerity. Right? And this is why in this day and age, it's very important, and, and this is a, a separate talk, I don't, topic, I don't mean to go into it. In this day and age, when, when, when we're sort of taught to announce our um, deeds to the world, uh, it's a little bit of a slippery slope. And we should be careful of this. You know, this Sahabiyah, the Sahabi who made this dua at night, um, in this day and age, it wouldn't be uncommon for someone to make this dua to Allah and then sort of publish it so the world can see, right? But, you know, and, and sometimes we do this with good intention because we want others to see our actions. But the multiplier that takes our deed and makes it zero is when we're doing something for the sake of other than Allah, right? And now all of our work goes to waste. And what's the benefit in that? Might as well don't do the work altogether. What's the, what's the benefit? Might, might as well not perform the action, right? So, uh, it's important to be mindful of this, right? In this day and age, I, I, I perform some righteous deed, I do something very major, I'm involved in some project, I win some prize, I get into certain school or whatnot, and I want the world to see, and I think, well, maybe I'm doing this because I want you know, Muslims to have a good name. Maybe, it's possible, and maybe there's some benefit in that. But recognize that, um, you know, sometimes I wonder, uh, maybe I should just do the deed, produce the result, and then I leave it to Allah and say, Oh Allah, if this is something that you want the world to see, then let it be known. Right? If this is something that's going to benefit the ummah, then let, let the world find out about it. Right? But I'm not going to be the one that's going to proclaim it because I'm, my, in, my sincerity uh, is dependent upon me doing something for your sake and your sake alone and the attention of no one else but you. So, just, you know, practically speaking, um, just to sort of get some takeaways from this. This, this notion of sincerity that we learn from the story, that it's possible that I'm not, I don't have the opportunity to do things that I see other people in the community doing. I may see someone going for Hajj every single year, and I don't have the ability to do so. I may see someone going for Umrah every year, but I don't have the ability, the wealth, the finances, the social support, maybe I'm caring for a loved one. That's fine, right? I mean, then in that situation, just like the Sahabi, I make the intention that, oh Allah, if you had given me the opportunity, most certainly I would have done this and now, and now earn that reward. If an opportunity in the future comes for sadaqah, and I know that I'm restricted, I'm limited, I can't because of my current financial situation, that doesn't mean that I can't earn the same reward, if not more, than the one who's going to fund the entire project. It means that I just intimately connect with Allah and say, oh Allah, this opportunity that's before me, if I had the ability, I most certainly would do it because this is what would be pleasing to you. Watch Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment will accept it and multiply it beyond our imagination. You know, if I have a desire to learn the Qur'an, but I have so many responsibilities right now and I'm unable to be, do it because I'm providing for my family and I have A, B, and C responsibilities, then we talk with Allah openly and say, Oh Allah, if I had the chance, not as an excuse, but with sincerity, the oh Allah, if I had the opportunity, I most certainly would study the Qur'an today, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us the reward completely. Similarly, if I have a weakness, right? If I have a sleep disorder, and that sleep disorder is limiting my ability from waking up for tahajjud, then I feel guilty every single day about this. Fine. Say it to Allah, the oh Allah, if I didn't have this, 
most certainly I would have, I would have woken up to, to worship you. I have a bad knee. I can't stand and pray. I don't have to feel guilty about it. I don't have to feel sad about it. I have to say, oh Allah, if I had this, most certainly I would stand up and worship you the way that you deserve to be worshipped. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept it. Right? If I have a social anxiety that prevents me from coming to gatherings or to the masjid, then I say, oh Allah, this is how you created me. This is who I am. I fully accept it, ya Allah. And I know my limitations, but oh Allah, if you had given me the strength and the himmah, I would be in the masjid, you know, forget five times a day, I would spend half my life, I, I would spend the entire day in the masjid. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will appreciate it, he'll accept it, and he'll give a reward beyond our imagination. So our, the, the, the conclusion is that in this world, although for the most part we determine success based off of an outcome, whether it be a prize, a medal, an award, a degree, and we don't gauge it based off of intention, when it comes to those things that we do for the sake of Allah, i.e. those things that are going to show up for us in the Day of Judgment, it is almost exclusively driven by what our intention is. And if our niyyah is sincere, and that sincerity only comes from the heart, not anywhere else, then we can expect that even those things that we felt to be so minute in this world will be multiplied beyond our imagination. And if our intention is insincere, meaning it's done for the sake of something other than Allah, we can expect that multiplier to be zero. And you could multiply 20 billion by zero, and ultimately the end result will still be zero. And then the day of judgment, that's exactly what we'll see. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the um, tawfiq to be sincere in our actions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to have lofty goals and make uh, very lofty intentions uh, when it comes to our interaction with Him. May Allah ta'ala allow us to have conversations with Him in private uh, when no one is watching. Uh, I, I should mention just, you know, in this, uh, I forgot to mention the verse that I recited in the beginning. Allah ta'ala talks about this exact circumstance of Tabuk. And he says, وَلَا عَلَى الَّذِينَ إِذَا مَا أَتَوْكَ لِتَحْمِلَهُمْ قُلْتَ لَا أَجِدُ مَا أَحْمِلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ تَوَلَّوْا وَأَعِيلُهُمْ That there were a group of people that came to you, right? To the Prophet ﷺ and said, please support us. We want to go on this expedition. You're collecting funds for this. Send us. تَوَلَّوْا وَأَعِيلُهُمْ تَفِيضُوا مِنَ الدَّمْعِ حَزَنًا أَلَّا يَجِدُ مَا يُنْفِقُونَ They were turned away. They had to turn away because they couldn't be accepted. Were, their eyes were swollen, had swollen with tears because they weren't able to give in that particular circumstance. Right? Allah Ta'ala acknowledges it and mentions it. That's the degree of sincerity that these Sahaba had, that they cried because of a missed opportunity. Allah Ta'ala appreciated it. He multiplied its reward. Then it's even referenced in the Quran. So may Allah Ta'ala allow us to take from the uh, stories of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba. May Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala grant us success both in this life and the next. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.